0: Hello everyone and welcome to Picture the Scene podcast hosted by me, Andrew.
1: And me, Rachel.
0: Now, please note, this is a true crime podcast, so listener caution is advised. Now, we'd love you to interact with us on our social medias. We can be found by searching for us on Facebook by typing in Picture the Scene Podcasts, or we're at Pod, that's at S-E-E-N-E-P-O-D on Insta or Twitter. So Rachel, I've got some exciting news. Later on this evening, I will be guesting on and recording with Bob and Ali from Twisted Britain. Now, how cool is that?
1: Very cool. Have you prepared anything, or are you just going to go in and use your natural, like, talking abilities on the pod?
0: (laughs) I have. uh, Bob asked me to prepare a short short, um, story. So I have, and obviously they do really historic ones, um so no I, yeah, so I found one from from Ireland from just over like 120 years ago, roughly, 130 years ago. So it's um yeah, I'm 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 so excited, Rachel, because I'm a huge fan of their pod. And yeah. I mean like I've got the t shirt, I listen to them all the time. I even made I don't know if you know this, it's quite sad and geeky, but I even made them a board game for them based on their show a while ago.
1: No way.
0: Yes, I did, and um yeah, with with rules and it was I was quite sad really. But yeah, it kept me entertained for half an hour while I made it. Well, more than half an hour, but
1: <laughs> that sounds fun and I absolutely completely understand why you're excited and I can't wait to listen. So you'll have to keep us updated on what episode it is when it's live. And uh, we'll go give it a listen.
0: I will. It's the next episode. So, yeah, it'd be awesome. I'll let you know. But oh, apart from that, how's life treating you, Rachel, since we last spoke?
1: Yeah, all good, thank you. Not much is new. Can't believe we're in February already. Um, but yeah, all good. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm always good. Thanks. So let's get straight into it. Are you ready for some true crime?
1: Can't wait.
0: So, everyone, if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like all of you to Relax. Close your eyes and picture the scene. Today I want to take you back to the twelfth of december twenty twenty. It's a Saturday evening near the quiet English village of coffridge which is in Worcestershire. At the height of the day, the temperature had managed to peak to around 9 degrees Celsius, which is 48 degrees Fahrenheit with a slight wind, so you should so you would certainly know it's winter time. However, it had been a bright winter's day with no rain or snow, so it wasn't that bad. Now we are looking at later on. In the day, early evening, so nine degrees would have felt like a distant memory at that time with gloves and anything else needed to keep you warm. Now, Coughridge itself is a village located in the Malvern Hills district of Worcestershire, and while it is small with a population of around 250 people, it does date back to at least the year 1086 because it was mentioned in the Doomsday Book as having a church, a mill, and a timber framed court. So is likely to have been around for a decent amount of time before them. So it's got a little bit of history there. Now Rachel, the motivation behind today's featured crime, however, has been driving people to kill or commit crime for thousands of years. And Can you guess what that motivation is?
1: um, Money.
0: Um, You may or may not be right, I'm not, I'm. I'm going to tell you in a moment. <laughs> oh, okay. So, before I do, I want to introduce you to Neil Parkinson. Now, Neil at the time was 66 years old and he was a father of two and was enjoying a quiet evening with his partner at the time, who was a Julia Adcock. Now, Neil was a retired company director who devoted his time to his family, which included his son, Christopher, and his elderly mother, who was 94 years old back then. In December of 2020, and she was suffering from dementia, uh, who he lived with, in Clifton upon Thames. So he was quite a family man. He was not outgoing, not flamboyant, just enjoyed life. Now it is the evening. It is the evening of the 12th of December, and Julia Neil's partner. She received a text message at 10:17 p.m. from Neil, that read like it was a goodbye message. It was a. It read like a suicide note. And wow, it, this
1: this took a twist really quickly.
0: Yes, it, it it also read like a confession. Uh part of it was a really long message, but part of it said this and it was spelt badly and had bad grammar. But oh. uh, it may it might be hard for me to tell from reading it, so I I may just tell you when some of the things were wrong, but it read like this. some of it read like this. I lead a double life, I use and abuse women. I've been taking women off, or we've all spelt wrong there with their spelt wrong, partners and husbands with the wrong grammar for husbands for a very long time. And I get a buzz with buzz spelt wrong from it. And the whole text message was quite long. And it was all a really bad spelling and grammar, which is quite unusual Mm. uh, for someone who used to be a company director. Yeah. So The question I have to ask is, did he kill himself? Did he even die? What had happened? Well, to explain that, I want to take you back a little bit earlier in the evening of the 12th to explain. So this evening on the 12th, he'd been enjoying a quite romantic evening with his girlfriend, Julia, if you remember her, on her farm, which was a gilt-edge farm in Broadwoods. And he had picked up a takeaway from a new Inn, in Clifton, and they were watching Strictly come dancing together. and Nice. Yeah, well, you know, he's what he'd expect from a happy... Loving couple together, Saturday evening in the mid Yeah, mid-world. wild
1: Saturday evening, yep.
0: Well, you have Absolutely. to remember the 12th of December was 2020, is just about when the second wave started kicking in for COVID.
1: Oh yeah, good shout, yep.
0: And so, he spent most of his free time anyway with his partner, Julia. Now, his mother was the reason he had to get up from his comfort of that Saturday evening, in with his partner, who he loved, to go out. And he did this every night. He wasn't home because he did live over, He did so to care for his mother, who he lived with. Because if you remember, his mum had dementia. So he, he got in his BMW X5 4x4 to drive home to look after his mum. But, it is a but, as she was waiting for this, he would never get home. Aww. So at the bottom of Judith's driveway, Neil would get out to lock the gate behind him. But that is when fate would deal a cruel blow to Neil. As he was locking the gate, he would be attacked without prior warning a struggle would ensue which was evidenced by a broken plant part Neil's queuing on the floor and other signs found later on that evening at that location which included blood which would be found which turned out to be Neil's blood he would be hit with a heavy object possibly a rock or a blood weapon or a hammer the police believed actually but it wouldn't it wouldn't actually ever be discovered what he would be hit with and he'd be hit at the base of his skull which fractured it but it left him alive it left him alive but unconscious he didn't die mm. he would then be driven in his own car to a lay-by in Coffridge and for those of you listening outside of the uk a lay-by is a small section just off the road that allows people to park their cars up without blocking the road at they wrong.
1: so what so was he ambushed when he left the house were they just waiting for him
0: yes at the bottom of 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 Do you remember that his wife, not his wife, sorry, his girlfriend, his partner, owned a farm, so Mm -hmm. it would have been a long driveway, and at the bottom of that driveway where the gate was, that's where he was. He got out, he got through the gate, he got out to lock the gate behind him, and that's when he was set up on an attack. Okay. Now, he would be driven to that lay-by near Crawford and his assailant, who had previously stolen two jerry worth, which is about 40 liters of petrol, his assailant would take Neil's mobile phone from him and place him in the driver's seat of his car. He would then proceed to dose both Neil and his car in petrol and set it alight, burning him alive while he was still in his car. I oh. uh, you know, oh, indeed. His assailant would then send that text message while Neil, he actually would send it while Neil was burning to death to Neil's partner, oh Julia. So who was his assailant? and why had he done this was it money as you stated or was it another reason now let me introduce you to mark Tillman. mark was at the time a 52 year old man who worked as a handyman and he was known to neil and julia because they both had a nickname for him and rather chillingly seeing as what happened to neil the nickname they called him was the lay by lurker now they, they called him this because he would often park up on the side of the road near her home and just watch the house what yes but why did he do that and what drove him to kill neil well you was wrong rachel Is he in not... love
1: with the girlfriend
0: yes the the it wasn't money the age-old emotion of jealousy is the reason behind this oh my god now before julia neil's partner was with neil she used to date mark mark chillman now, Juliet ah. yes, Juliet had ended the relationship with Mark in the previous June and it actually had been on and off for years. And she described it as being a very unhappy relationship, very controlling and very unhappy. So she eventually got the built up enough bravery to, to leave him because it's difficult to leave an abusive relationship. Mm. Now, prior to that evening, Mark's obsession with Juliet had been growing. Aside from sitting outside of her house, he had also placed a tracker on her car so he could monitor her wherever she went. He had broken into her farm when it was empty. He had used her own lipstick to write messages on the bathroom mirrors, which read, oh my I, lo- I love you forever, I- along with stealing her underwear.
1: Oh, now, my God.
0: He would later buy perfume that matched Juliet's and spray it on the underwear while cuddling it at night to fall asleep to. So he wasn't fully... Complimenters, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's a really polite way of putting down. Basically, that he's a psychopath.
0: <laughs> now, now, police determined that he had every intention to kill Neil as part of a sinister plot to get Juliet back in the long run. Now, they determined that because aside from laying wait for Neil and stealing the petrol to burn him with, he had left his phone in a place called Bromyard Down on the day in question, mm-hmm. so that when police tracked it it would have given him an alibi of being somewhere else. He also, however, rather stupidly, he asked a friend of his to give him an alibi as well for the evening. And obviously, will you tell, will you tell the police that I'm here if they come and ask? It, most people, he they said yes, wouldn't, I don't think. Now, finally, he also bought some mobile phones to use, disposable mobile phones, so, he could use them while he didn't have his own phone because he'd left it in a random place to say he wasn't there. So at 10.30pm at that evening, remember Juliet received a suicide text at 1017 is when the fire brigade attended the burning car because it had been reported being on fire by passersby. Now when the police would question Mark, he initially said in response to telling, them, telling him the fire looked suspicious, he said this, well whatever, he's out of the way now. Again, probably not the smartest thing to say, if you're trying to claim that you had no involvement in it. But but before he said that, however, he had told the police that he wasn't with Neil. He had only later changed his story when he was confronted with forensic evidence to say that he was with Neil. But He, he changed his story to not, I killed him, but he said he only intended to set fire to his BMW for an insurance scam which is why there were two jerry cans full of petrol he didn't lay by when Neil died. He also then said that at that point, Neil decided to take his own life by setting himself on fire, which, you know, it's a bit of an extreme way to kill yourself if you were. Now the police knew obviously this wasn't true, but Mark, Mark treated Juliet like his own possession. He actually told the police that she was his, that she was like a chunk of gold to him and that they would get back together. Now, he would tell the police, and I'm quoting him here. He said this I love her to bits. I adore the ground she walks on. I am aff- obsessed with her, and I am not able to let her go. I think that's probably pretty true. He was pretty. They're not odd.
1: the kind of words that you want to be saying to a police officer, though, like the word obsessed. <laughs>
0: no, not really, no. And it even turned out that while, while he was on remand during his trial, it will later be revealed that even then he had attempted to contact Juliet. To reconcile and express his feelings for her so sorry sorry i killed your boyfriend but you know i'm here now um
1: he's out the way any chance
0: luckily she never actually received those letters because what happens is when you're in on demand for certain things in prison mm-hmm. they actually monitor your post i mean they monitor post anyway in prison like check it for contraband and stuff but for some crimes they, they're actually read everything that goes in and out. They don't read everything that goes in and out for all prisoners. And so obviously they read this and it never actually got to Julia, which is a good thing, really. Now, unsup- unsurprisingly, Mark would be found guilty of murder at Worcester Crown Court and he'd been given a sentence of life, which is the only sentence you can be given if you're found guilty of murder in the UK. And in this instance, the minimum turn he, he has to serve is 22 years in prison which would make him 78 before he could be considered to be released if he lives that long that is. and he he probably won't do. Now, the judge judge would have lengthy summing up comments and I'm not gonna read them all, but he, he acknowledged that the combination of Mark's father dying and then breaking up with Juliet led him to act like this, but that it wasn't an excuse. He told Mark that he lied over and over to the police and he had every intention of doing no harm and that there was significant pre-planning involved in this murder now in case you're wondering why the police thought it was suspicious straight away and that it was marked straight away it was because the suicide text it was full of spelling and grammar errors that Neil wouldn't have made but also the text because the text was quite lengthy it included phrases that only mark ever used and because oh I think juliet used to go out with him for years she knew all the phrases that he used. So immediately, as soon as she received it, well, not as soon as she received it, but as soon as the police notified her that Neil was dead, she was like, well, i have say mark sent this.
1: That must have sent chills down her spine, though. Like, I mean, I don't know what the timeline was between the fire being registered and her calling the police about the text message that her husband had purportedly sent her. But I guess she's frantic, and she is in a high, like, state of shock. But then as it dawns on her, she gets a knock on the door. Your husband, your boyfriend's been found dead. All of a sudden, like, yeah. you kind of mentally piece together the puzzle. And then, I mean, you would just... You would. It, you'd be beside yourself naturally anyway. But then realising that was at the hands of your ex-boyfriend, like...
0: Exactly. It's different that. level,
1: isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know if... I don't know the time name it's not stated anywhere and because she wasn't actually his wife I suspect that the police probably wouldn't have informed her straight away they would have gone to oh my god either his mother or probably because his mother had dementia his children his two children you'd it's normally next of kin isn't it but and they never actually from what I can tell they never actually reported him to the police for like staying outside her house or breaking in and leaving those notes because I think possibly just to not aggravate the situation. I don't know, but but I'm yeah. thinking that, I'm thinking it's possibly she might not have gone straight to the police. Although I, I don't know if it was a suicide text, probably she would have done. I don't I honestly don't know, but yeah. you're right. I think
1: I think until you're in that situation, you don't know how. You- you you will behave, but um, just going back to your other point, the spousal rights. It just doesn't feel right to me that you know he's clearly living with her. He's not just like somebody she's just started seeing after a couple of dates. Like he's left her house to go and visit his mom that he does every Saturday. And you're right, the police are just kind of going down the route of notifying the people on record. And because she's not legally his wife, she's probably not named. But it still doesn't feel like. Right, if it's a small village, they probably knew that they were together, but but they're probably restricted on what they can say because it's not marriage or family.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, who knows? They might have done. We're we're speculating here, but usually, she wouldn't have been the first point of call. But yeah,
1: it's sad. I think it just. I think it does just add another layer of sadness to an already incredibly sad situation. I mean, again, complete speculation here. Don't know Neil, obviously, but um, he was probably thinking um, when he got involved with her, you've got a bit of a crazy ex, but, you know, I'm not in a relationship with him and I'm, I'm in a relationship with you, but had he have known how crazy the ex was, it would have taken a different turn. And she's probably felt guilty for that ever since as well, because... The only reason he's dead is because of somebody she used to date. Like,
0: Yeah, uh, and you got to think if this happened in December, they, she split with him in June. So it was seven months, So, and they had a nickname for him. So they, I imagine that, well, obviously he was very creepy. They probably didn't think he was a, a danger to them.
1: Oh, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, how often do you see somebody even internally judging like wow um wouldn't want to come across them on a unlit street or something like that you know you don't even know the person but you you think to yourself wow um but this this person they know the level of craziness he's broken in left messages on her mirror in lipstick that's the kind of stuff you see in like Scream movies, you know, yeah. Hollywood. Um, and then to have nicknamed him, what they did, the, the lay-by. Lurker. Lurker. Like, again, that just adds insult to injury, you know, the fact that Neil was, that's where he was killed. I, I, f- I just feel sorry for the poor woman, absolutely.
0: I also feel sorry for his his kids as well. I've got a statement here. In a statement from Neil's son, Christopher, and Neil's, uh, Neil's son's wife read out after the conviction, they described Mark as evil, calc- evil and calculated, and it also said this about Neil. Neil was a loving, caring, happy person who enjoyed life to the full, they said. As a family, it's been a very difficult eight months, and our lives have been changed forever. Neil will be sorely missed by all his family, and the memories of him as a loving father grandfather brother and son will be remembered dearly for all the happy times so so yeah that just sums it up he he was obviously i mean he was 66 he had it you know he had a good successful life and i imagine he he was just happy and then all this happened so so yeah, what do you think of that, Rachel? A little bit horrific, but I thought I'd go down and try and test tested jealousy route this time.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it immediately sprung to mind, you know, start of a new month, a month where we celebrate, you know, the month of love. And you've really gone like, you know, <laughs> this is a case of like love gone wrong. So um no, happy Valentine's Day to any listeners that are listening in a couple of weeks' time.
0: <laughs> yes, actually, I didn't. I didn't think about that. And, and we we talk about love gone wrong. I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue here. That's what my story is. Well, it's not a story because it's true, but that's what my um, story is with Tristan Britain that I'm going to be recording tonight. Love bit gone. Bit of a wrong.
1: theme. Yes. A bit of a theme, Andrew.
0: Accidental, but yes, bit of a theme. Yeah. Now for one last time, if it's safe to do so, I'd like you to relax, close your eyes, and picture the scene. You've been working hard all your life, you've had the chance of finding love again, later on in life, when you thought that it might be too late, and everything seems to be setting itself up for a great ending of your life. But what's waiting for you around the corner? So thank you Rachel, and I just want to remind everyone, before we before we saw here that rachel said last time on the last pod that she would be recording in the month of february now because february's only got 28 days in it that means that she has to record next time because the time after is march so rachel are, are you are you looking forward to that are you gonna i ready? am
1: actually yeah and you know thanks to add the extra pressure tell everyone remind everyone what i promised um I, I'm a bit um, nervous though because obviously Andrew loves the data side of the pod and um, in the back of my mind I'm thinking, God, I hope numbers don't dip that week.
0: I'm sure they won't. People tend to prefer female hosts part of The research I did before we started the pod. People tend to prefer female hosts, and I still went ahead and started the pod. So it shows how intelligent I am. But, um, but yeah, so no, I think they'll love it, and yeah, I'm going to really look forward to it as well. We I mean, listen, listen, and give my my opinions once.
1: Yeah, well, we've we've done it now a couple of times where you've not shared the script with me, um. So I may not share the script with you. Um, I, don't want I you still to. haven't just de- still haven't decided that one, but, uh,
0: but no, yeah. I don't want you to share the script with me because. I want to I don't want to be biased. And I know what I'm like, if you share the script, I'm going to spend like five hours researching. And I I don't want to be stuck with just loads of facts and figures. So okay, um, cool. no, I don't want you to no pressure. Anyway, yeah, uh, we're having a conversation and people don't listen to our conversation. Do, do they so? So Rachel, thank you again for this and everyone out there. I hope this was enjoyable for you. If listening about death and someone being burned alive is enjoyable and i hope it was enjoyable for you please follow us give us a like wherever you want to um and reach out if you have any comments or questions and and thank you and goodbye bye great rachel let me stop recording